Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and with me is Sleepyhead Aurora. Hello. She doesn't sound sleepy, but she's faking it. Thank you for faking it. Yes, I am. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Yep. And we are so pleased to have you here. We've hit a couple milestones with Lime Ninja Radio. One is we have more than a thousand likes on Facebook. Woohoo! And the other thing is we have now 35,000 downloads since we started almost a year ago. Nice. So thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. It's important to get the information about Lyme disease out there. There's still so much ignorance. And I don't mean that in the insulting way, just a literal way that some people, lots of people just don't know anything or much about Lyme disease or what they know about Lyme disease is wrong. So the more we can do to spread the word, the better off your friends, neighbors and families will be. Mm -hmm. Today's episode, we have Aaron and Sarah Sanchez and they've started their own podcast. Yes, they have. And credit us with inspiring them. So they probably listened to us and thought, wow, if those two can do it, (laughs) anybody can do it. Pretty much. And that is true. So if you have an inkling to do a podcast or a website or a blog or video or Vine video, whatever inspires you to get the word about Lime out there, just go ahead and do it. That's kind of, we just jumped in and we've been fumbling along and figuring it out figuring it out as we go along Mm -hmm. right yep okay so aurora tell us some about aaron and sarah well aaron's wife sarah had been suffering from undiagnosed lyme disease for over 18 years they have experienced firsthand the toll lyme disease takes on families and relationships and aaron was actually inspired by the lyme ninja radio podcast and has made his own called lyme voice dedicated to those who are suffering and living with lyme disease they explore the often complex social and emotional aspects of lyme that impact households across the country and they are currently on their ninth episode that's fantastic thanks aurora and here's our interview with aaron and sarah sanchez hello good evening Hey, McKay. How are things out there in the desert? Uh, they're dry and windy. Dry and windy today. Yeah, well, actually, we did have a storm that rolled, rolled in last night. We got an unusual amount of rain, which if you get the site, cement wet, it's an unusual amount. <laughs> cool. Does that make everything pop up like little flowers and you see in the National Geographic specials and all that? Oh, yeah, it's amazing how the desert can transform, you know. But it also causes a lot of allergies, so if I sound a little stuffy. (laughs) I tell you, here, once it warms up a little bit and the mold starts to grow, it's very, very damp here. Very damp. Um, People just who are suffering with that just essentially from March-ish, early April, all the way through till the really – hard frost really kill everything off which can be thanksgiving time or a little after oh geez yeah hi sarah hi (laughs) (laughs) so there's good and bad with everything they tell me yeah thankfully we don't have the mold but um right it's just too dry right yeah well i mean it can you know if if a house has a leak and what and whatnot Mm -hmm. you can get that um But we get it outside with a leaf mold. It's just everywhere. Oh, yeah. Nothing like that. Environmental. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just just everywhere. So how's How's the podcast going? It's going good. Yeah. We've um, we've had some really good success. Uh, You know, we're we're seem to be up on the new and noteworthy pretty frequently. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. I mean, in our category, not the main page. But yeah, of course. Well, you know, you're not getting a million hits. So Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but yeah it's going good it's it's been a huge learning curve um i'm a woodworker by trade and i've dabbled in in internet and and technical stuff but definitely not my trade <laughs> learning it huh yeah so hopefully my interview didn't uh dip your stats too much no no it, it was actually showing up as one of the most uh what, what how does it put it on the uh popularity yeah popularity was real high on that one so um, thank goodness all those uh 
people I'm paying to download it or, or it's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, it's funny. I I don't know if it may be some cross talk, so to speak, some cross marketing. My uh, stats spiked up, uh, even though I've been running kind of reruns for the past couple of weeks there, trying to kind of reload my my interview list. And uh, I was kind of shocked at that. I thought things would just tail off. But it's spring and ticks are out and people are talking about it. And we got the uh-huh. April Levine thing and right. the Rolanda Foster thing. And so and we got Lyme Awareness Month coming up. So I think there's a big uptick in the awareness yeah. and interest. So hang on to your seats, right? Yeah. yeah. One thing we were going to ask you, McKay, is is if you are going to that Living Well with Lyme Disease conference. Did you see an ad for that? So why don't you – I'm recording, and so we're actually okay. in the middle of the show. So why don't you just give a little <laughs> – why don't we plug that? So okay. tell us a little bit about that. Cause, um, okay. I will do that. I'm going to grab my laptop here. Okay. Because it's here on the East Coast, and it's – North of New York City in, in, in Rhinebeck? Rhinebeck, New York. Rhinebeck. And that's that's close to Woodstock, to where Woodstock is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's in that area. Hudson Valley. It's really kind of old hippie farmland. It's it's a great area, actually. Wonderful, wonderful area. Yeah. Well, it was listed as one of the Full of ticks, by the way. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I actually was a little bit paranoid about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I got bit close. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see about getting some more some of that cedar oil that you recommended on one of your cedar oil. Yep, the promethrin and yeah. whatever else you can get your hands on. Yeah. Yeah, and long sleeves and scarves <laughs> and <laughs> Lots clothes. of white clothes, right? <laughs> yeah. White yeah. socks. We all look so so cool with our white socks <laughs> and pants tucked in, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm wearing my pants tucked in, man. Yeah, yeah, just need a little tinfoil hat and we'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we should make bubble suits or something for people. <laughs> yeah, you could probably make some money doing that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so let's plug this conference. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. We are really excited. We've, I've never been to New York. Erin has been, but this is, I believe the second year running and it's called living well with Lyme disease. And it is, let's see the guy who wrote the book, Dr. Um, Horowitz, I yep. think. Yep. Yeah. He's, uh, in, in the area has like one of the heavy hitters in terms of treating Lyme disease and has been at it for a long time. So the man knows his stuff inside and out. Right. Yeah. Um, it looks really good. It's everything from like one of, and they break it down into workshops. Mm-hmm. So you want me to tell you a couple of the workshops? Yeah, let's let's go the whole nine yards. Okay. Um, it says, history and evolution of tick-borne diseases worldwide. We will also be listening to symptoms of Lyme and co-infections. Mm-hmm. Learn about the co-infections, and then it lists them all out. Um And then I thought they really started to kind of offer diverse topics here. They went into Lyme disease, the great imitator. Lyme disease can mimic ALS, autism, chronic fatigue, lupus, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, to name a few. But then they even talk about um, inspiring stories of healing, self-discovery, and recovery. And also the emotional and spiritual factors that need to be addressed for healing and transformation. So it looked like a really broad, broad topics. Oh, and we should also say that Dr. Tom uh, Fr- Franska and Katrina uh, Katina Katina, 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 yes. me. Katina Macris. Macris. And she's been on your show, hasn't she? No, she hasn't yet, and I haven't oh, been on okay. hers. So maybe, maybe this is the chance to meet her and finally break through there. She's she's inspired me to get started. Yeah, oh, awesome. I was I was listening to her show. She does a live radio show that's recorded into a podcast and has been doing it for I don't know how long now, several years. And right. uh just really has a some amazing phenomenal guests on. Yeah, I've had a I've listened to it a mul- multiple times and I've always enjoyed it. And when is this? This is great question. It is it's at the June, en- end right? of June. Yeah, I believe it's the 26th, 27th, 28th. Wow, so it's a whole weekend, huh? 
It is, yeah, from Friday night. And they have, I mean, you can go, if you can Google it, and it's um, under the Omega. It's the Omega Institute. Yeah. Okay, you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, that's kind of, I hope I'm not going to insult anybody. It's like one of the original hippie kind of yoga centers, (laughs) retreat centers. And they, they really have an amazing menu of workshops throughout the summer. They do an an incredible job. You know, some of it's yoga training and, but all kinds of, I mean, every, all spiritual types of stuff, Tai Chi, calligraphy, they have programs for children. It's, it's an amazing place. Yeah. Yeah, It looked amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. They've been around for good grief. It has to be more than 20 years now doing, doing this thing. So I know I have patients who get their catalog and just kind of, it used to be like, you know, as a kid, you got the Sears catalog. Well, mate, you guys are too young for that. (laughs) You'd go, I remember (laughs) you go through that and and circle all the toys you wanted. So my Mm -hmm. patients go through the, their catalog and circle all the workshop they'd love to go. Nice. And you're gonna, you're coming up. Are you driving or are you gonna fly in? No, we'll fly. Yeah. And are you flying into New York City or Albany? Are, do you know yet? We haven't figured that out. It's actually on my list of things to do this week is figure out which airport yeah. to fly into. Albany has Southwest. Oh, oh awesome! Good so it to might know. be Albany. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so we'll definitely have to meet up. And if I'm not. If I don't end up going to the conference, I'll drive down and we'll have dinner or breakfast or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I never, I, I didn't think we'd get to meet you this soon. I figured, well, maybe a couple of years someday. But this is awesome. It, it the it really the opportunity fell in our lap kind of suddenly. So we were, we just kind of realized what was happening this uh, what yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been really amazing. Uh, but we're ex- totally excited. I think just the knowledge there will be, you know, hugely beneficial to us, and and we hope to, you know, maybe even turn that around and help our listeners as well with it. Yeah, it'll be a great, great, great opportunity to learn and to network, and it, it really will. And yeah. so, I have a question: Who's taking care of the children? <laughs> I don't know yet. We haven't had a volunteer. <laughs> Usually we have to. So do if anybody's deal. out there and has a whole weekend to spare and and <laughs> has qualifications as kids. babysitting, how many five? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email and I'll put you in touch with Aaron <laughs> yeah. and Sarah. Yeah. We, we will always take free babysitting. Free, oh my goodness! Free childcare. It's always the eight hundred pound gorilla, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you guys is. have? Sorry, this is going to get personal. Do you guys have family okay. in the area? We do, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sarah's so mom is is real close to us. Uh, she's only maybe a, a half a half we, a mile. Yeah, we actually rented a house right near them a couple of years ago when I was going way downhill, and so they've just been a huge help to us. And kind of came over every day for about two or yeah. three years. And yeah, her just, mom became my second wife almost. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. She <laughs> she took care of all everything that the kids needed for a long time. Yeah, so. Which is really fortunate. Not not everybody has an opportunity like that, and we know how blessed we were to have that. But yeah, and we also have my parents are are here. Uh, they're only about twenty miles from here. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's so. I finally. I don't want to say what dropping my children off at college. Well, actually, my one daughter was a. a only a couple miles away, but another one was down in Annapolis, which is a eh, five and a half, six hour drive. And, uh, you know, so you say goodbye and you're the hugs and you know, everything's fine. And then you're driving away and the tears start w- rolling down your face. <laughs> and it's just not natural to be that far apart. And it's just mm-hmm. the American way. You know, so many uh, communities you have to travel, the children have to travel. Either they want to get away or if they have to travel to get jobs somewhere. And, um, you know, so many people in this area anyway, as they have children start to migrate back, um, or the, or the grandparents, their, their, their parents, once they have children move closer to the, to the yeah. families, it's just, there's such a primordial pull to mm. have that extended family together. And, and, and the people who are able to do it, it's, it's fantastic. And those that don't, it's, you know, I think, I think everybody kind of feels that tug. Yeah. That family Oh, yeah. Tug. Not yeah, have that support system. We've yeah, we've been really blessed. We really wanted our kids to grow up with grandparents mm-hmm. and have them be that influence on them. So yeah, it's 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 good to be near nearby. That's for sure. <laughs> so let's 
Let's talk a little bit about Lyme. I know this will be a repeat since we did the interview not too long ago, the other way around. And yeah. we kind of talked them back and forth about our, our different stories. But Sarah, why don't you just, you know, give the posted stamp version of uh, your Lyme story? Okay. Um, I went camping when I was 18 on spring break and woke up with a weird bug bite, which turned into a bullseye rash, but nobody had any clue what it was. Um, we concluded or someone was some, a doctor told us that it was a, um, infected spider bite. Okay. So that summer I started having pretty severe migraines, um, ended right after I'd gotten bit within a few weeks, I had run a really high fever and ended up passing out. And, um, but I could overcome the little bouts. You know, I wore down real fast, mm -hmm. probably faster than the average person. Mm -hmm. And I took longer to recover. But that was kind of where I was at for quite a few years. Each time I had a pregnancy, um, mm. my I went further downhill. Yeah. But I didn't really know because you don't, you know, I I had never really been healthy. So I didn't know that you shouldn't be in so much pain during pregnancies. and Yeah, in fact, her family warned me because we got married at, she was 20, 20 years old, and her family warned me, you know, she gets sick a lot, so just so you know. <laughs> but but I was so awesome, you had to marry me anyway. Oh, do it all over again. <laughs> so I really, I started to go downhill in 2007. I was in an auto accident. It was not a big deal. It was a rear end bumper and I could not recover. I was in excruciating pain. Mm, so that interesting. Yeah. And I did everything they told me to do. You know, I went to the chiropractor three times a week mm -hmm. and did massage, did acupuncture and we we're just spending a fortune in time and money right. yeah. trying to mitigate the pain. Mm -hmm. And about 18 months later, I had done tons of physical therapy. My chiropractor said, you know, I think this just might be as good as you're going to get. Wow. And, and we, that was it. And, you know, I, that's, I had already started taking pain medicine. I had started taking pain medicine right away just yeah. to keep functioning. And, but it, it never went away. It did not, it ended up not mattering how much pain medicine I took Yeah. that, for me, it was just like this severe bone pain. That oh, so it was a deep. It was a deep pain, huh? Oh yeah, it was deep. And then you know, in two, so we thought that really this big downhill that I had done in two thousand seven, eight, and nine was all related to the car accident. Of course. So we, um, I had very difficult pregnancies, but we wanted a big family, and so we had said, you know what, we're going to adopt. I'd always wanted to adopt growing mm -hmm. up, and um, so we went ahead and we did two international adoptions from Ethiopia for our two youngest. And within like two to four weeks of them coming home, yeah. I was involved in another rear end accident. No way. Yeah. Did you like paint a target, a bullseye rash on the back of your car or something? something. You know, that it's the most, luck. it is the most hysterical I've ever been because I have these 21, 22 year old guys, you know, trying to console this woman who is like absolutely frantic. Yeah. Right. Did and you have your, were the children in the car with you? My daughter was with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just panicked because I knew that now I was going to be not again. Right. Yeah, yeah, that this was going to be this two-year process. I was wow. going to be in pain. Now I had five kids that I was dragging around to all this stuff. And so and, did you go downhill again with this accident? Oh, yeah. yeah. Except this is really when I started having a lot of neurological issues. Mm. Um, I hadn't slept in years, but um, it, excelled. it got worse. It excelled. And then you, we also had – you had a ruptured disc. So we oh. – because of the second accident, we also did the surgery – which, of course, just added, you know, just even more. Oh, yeah. It just was incredible. Yeah. And, you know, you hear that so often, though, that people yeah. have this back escalation, surgery. right? Yeah. Back surgeries, okay. neck surgeries, yeah. abdominal surgeries, just kind of seems like you get hit this point, And a lot of people just end up going from surgery to surgery. Yeah. At, yeah. On And for me, it was just downhill. So um, in... 
2013. I was in bed really in 2011, 2012. I could barely get the kids on the bus. Aaron started working from home or working less and less hours because I just, I, I went from being a capable mom to literally not being able to be home by myself because I couldn't get up and help. Yeah. We needed a a caretaker for you and, and caretaker for the kids Mm -hmm. there at the end. Yeah, so in 2013 I could I could no longer get up. I couldn't I couldn't push myself. I had pushed myself. Okay, get up and get water so you can take your medicine and sit back down. You know, you're just trying desperately to sit still enough to ease the pain. Right. Cuz it was just fibromyalgia is what we had been told. Sure. Right. All yeah, in I your had head. the whole fibromyalgia. Well, okay, this is this is something funny. I haven't I've told Aaron this, but I was saying I got diagnosed when I got diagnosed back in 2007, I think is my first time. The doctors were telling me that there was no such thing as fibromyalgia. Right. When there technically isn't. Right. But it's hilarious because I'm having to explain, okay, I don't know why I'm still in pain. They call it fibromyalgia. Have doctors tell me it may or may not exist. Mm -hmm. And then seven years later, I'm having the same conversations like with my disability lawyer and different things saying, hey, look, I have Lyme disease. And right. they're like, <laughs> it may or may not exist. May or may not exist. Right. So Lyme. no, yeah. So no joke. I ended up when I went to my disability hearing, fibromyalgia is my most prominent diagnosis. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm registered under. Stuck with you. Yeah. Yep. That's so crazy. So I have, I have a couple questions for you. So I'm okay. going to put on my acupuncture hat here. Nice. So are you a type A personality? Yes, she is. <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> we have the truth to take. Nothing like having a couple. So, okay. So that's, and actually I, I wanted to cover that first. I'm glad you, you spoke up there, Aaron, because <laughs> so how, th- this is really what I'm interested in. How what got you through as a couple? Because you speak to so many mm-hmm. people and there's such a strain on the relationships that happens yeah. when this diagnosis, well, not even when the diagnosis happens, but in the absence of the diagnosis and there's so much suffering. And yeah. what, how, how do you guys get through this? Oh, That's a good question. That is, that is a hard question. The simple answer is commitment. Um, you know, I think we both committed at the beginning of our marriage that this was life and the, the, in sickness and health was, you know, that was a real, that was a possibility that I committed to. Mm-hmm. So in those really dark times where we both wanted to walk away from each other, mm-hmm. I would visualize every face and we're both come from a huge family. So there was over 500 people in attendance and so we served over. 750 plates at, at the reception. It's a huge wedding. So 500 people in the audience. And I remember each one of their faces because I stood up and I committed to each one of them that I would stay with this woman for the rest of my life in sickness and health. And if you don't have your word, you know, that was my word to, to my friends and loved ones that I would do this. So that's both of us. Um, that's where we we stood and i'm also very um stubborn so she can't get rid of me <laughs> well yeah i was going to say uh, i'll tell you guys a story i had been i mean probably the most agonizing moments were as we're like watching the clock tick away and like every spring we'd have the same conversation hmm. oh my gosh it's been one year holy jeez yeah. it's been 2 years hmm. oh my gosh you know and here we are like at the end of the six year mark, I remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, at that point I knew I was not going to be around if we didn't figure out what was going on. Oh, really? But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, really? She, yeah. She was having neurological damage where she would be passing out and having seizures. And one of them actually happened in the bathtub where Boy. if, if, right. and I, I, it was at th- real late at night, three o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah, I could have totally drowned. I didn't hear her, and all I heard was the water splashing before I got oh, to her. Goodness. So, you know, it was getting bad where we actually moved the kids out of the house because she was having such a hard time that we didn't want them to see her like that. Wow. And that was... The last few weeks, yeah. Yeah, last couple of weeks before she left for treatment. Yeah, I'd always been able to keep my door open and have them come sit on my bed or watch sure, TV. sure. 
I didn't, I really tried not to ever shut the door. And when I started having seizures, I I was just like, Oh, <laughs> I have yeah. to shut my door. And that was just so heartbreaking to, you know, <laughs> yeah. know that not only were you not a part of what was going on, you, you really couldn't even ha- keep those doors open. So, yeah. yeah. But one of, one of the funny stories that describes Aaron's personality is as we're, you know, really hitting that like close to seven year mark where we know I'm not, not going to be around for much longer. I hardly ever played the what if game. Like mm-hmm. what if he leaves yes. or what if this happens? Yes. I, I just didn't have the energy for it. So mm-hmm. I tried not to, right. but this one night I was like, and honestly, like I would have wanted him to move on. I didn't want him to <laughs> be caring for me and all this stuff, but I was kind of playing the one what if game out loud and he goes, you cannot get rid of me that easily. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny because it should be the opposite. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that's a big part of it. And, you know, just, gosh, basic, just, yeah, even I'm, biblical stuff, like trying to treat each other the way we want to be treated. And Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as that. If I was in her situation, how would I want someone to treat me? And her and her the same. It was definitely both of us put equal effort into it and well actually I'll, I'll change that you Sarah put more effort than I did because with her sickness for her to put any effort it's just amazing that she's still no it took two of us though well yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah it's it's not easy uh you know I... that's the hard that's the hard answer it is not easy it is yeah. oh yeah it's crushing it's heartbreaking yeah yeah and there's still there's still damage that we have not been able to repair um, within our relationship and with our, in our kids. And yeah, we need to, we, we need to kind of win back some time with them. Yeah. So we're, we're moving towards that. Yeah. We're definitely in the middle of the journey. We're not through it by any means, but it gets better. I mean, just the other day I bent down to tie my daughter's shoe who's seven and stood back up. And I did it effortlessly without thinking about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And what was her reaction? You know, they're used to me saying stuff, you know. But I was like, I did it. I did it. And I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to ask someone else to do it for me. And so it's a lot of little (laughs) slowly progressing back towards normalcy. So did she smile or roll her eyes? She smiles. Good. <laughs> She's the seven-year-old. Good for her. <laughs> she still celebrates that. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's great. Because <laughs> right about that time, they, they can roll their eyes about anything. I love you. I roll. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, we're in that phase, too. We're, we're just, we got a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old. Oh, there you go. So you've, seen, you've been through that in spades mm. then. Yep. <laughs> I, I have three daughters, and there were we had interesting moments. Yeah. it's hard man it's hard it's hard to be a parent it's hard to be a good parent you know you hope you know you hope you you hope you are you just hope you are yeah i I come from uh we'll get all personal here and but (laughs) but i think this stuff this stuff is also critical because lyme disease exposes our weaknesses, whether they're physical, whether they're genetic, or whether they're interpersonal or right. familiar, is like so. My my, forgive me, mother. My mother's <laughs> family is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and li- literally, uh, and 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 uh, the at least the grandfather, my grandfather was alcoholic, if not his parents, and so forth and so on. So there's mm-hmm. just there's just really t- severely traumatic. And you know, I remember being a very young father and thinking, if I just pass along a little less insanity than I inherited, <laughs> yep. you know, maybe maybe I will be a good parent. You know, yeah. And yeah. so sometimes it seems like that, you know, that's the bar. It's just a half an inch off the floor, but, you know, just to pass on a little less of that nuts. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully you do it. Hopefully yeah. you do it. So, yeah, for sure. There's no, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. And I feel for, I feel for parents who, you know, I have parents who come into my practice and they really have a tough road to hoe. Their their uh-huh. kids just are are just a pain in the ass. Excuse my French. They just right. they just give them a hard time at every single turn. And you wonder, mm-hmm. you know, is it the parenting? Is it just bad luck? It's just you, there's no simple answer. These aren't bad people, you know. Right. They, they didn't beat their children. They're not, you know. But it's. Anyway, it's well, and it's not an par- easy formula to put together. It isn't. You're right because there's so much you can't control, and then there's so many aspects: financial, emotional, spiritual. And mm. some some periods of your life, you do well in some, and not as well in others. And so it does. It affects illness, chronic illness. I just am constantly learning about chronic illness, but just the effects of it. It's it's severe, and especially with Lyme, because it goes on for so long. Yeah. People don't just have it for six months and resume their lives. They, yeah. There's years of loss for most people. On good days, I like to think of it with our kids, you know, and their experience with it. There is a lot of loss there. But at the same time, it is true. What doesn't kill you does make you stronger. Mm-hmm. And they... They have a unique opportunity. If I think about it right, they have a unique opportunity. They have the opportunity to see what it's like to live with someone with chronic illness. And hopefully that doesn't fall into their life as well. But if it does, they're going to be more compassionate because of it. And yeah, we're, there is going to be loss. They're, they're not, they're not able to play all the, all the sports and, and participate in after school stuff like a lot of the other kids. Mm-hmm. But. You know, it's it's a trade off in a in a sense. But anyway, yeah. Well, I think that's so. My my mother, when I was growing up, was in and out of uh, the hospital for institutionalized for for mental problems. Mm. Um, and I think that's what set me up to be an acupuncturist. Mm. Wow. And, and initially, my my wife is funny. So when I first got into school, when I first applied for school, they say, you're too young, go away, right? Essentially, right? In a nice way. So I came back the next year, they said, well, you're still too young, but if you stay an extra year, and at that point, I didn't quite have my financials lined up. It was kind of in between. And then the third year I came back, I was married. They said, oh, you again, you know, I guess you really <laughs> want to be an acupuncturist. So they finally let me in. But my wife says, some, she says, somewhere in acupuncture school, you got a heart, you learn to sympathize with people. And huh. I think, you know, I, I was, I was, I remember times as a younger man being mad at my mother's like, how come you just can't get your blank together? You know, right. how can't you get of your course. stuff together? I just don't understand it. But at the same time, you know, she would try to explain to me what the doctors explained to her. Well, there's a chemical imbalance in my brain. And so I'm taking these drugs and that fixes the chemical imbalance, but she was never fixed. Mm-hmm. You know? She she continually, when stressful events happened, she ended up back in the hospital again. And so in my mind, it's like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. So I'm searching, I think in the back of my mind, I'm searching for a better explanation. Yeah. And so acupuncture comes along, right? And start reading about it. Like, well, here's another explanation. And they talk about being in harmony with nature and being in harmony with yourself. And if that's right. the case, then everything works out. And without without the background and the pain that I had from my mother's struggles, um, I don't. I don't think I would have been pushed that way. You know, I'd be in a lobbying firm in D.C. or something like that in a PR. Firm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's funny how those, like you just say, those those events shape us. Yeah. Well, the opportunities there. If they don't, if they don't break us, they can. You know, they can really propel us forward. Yeah, yeah they really can. One of the things my parents were able to do for us on a level that no one else could was I grew up with a brother who had gotten spinal meningitis when he was a year and a half and had really severe brain damage. And they and he was very difficult to take care of. He looked normal, but he would get on his bike and ride away and they couldn't find him. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. he mentally was like about a nine month old, but. He looked normal, and so he could shoot hoops like yeah, yeah. Swish, swish, swish. No distractions. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was like a little baby trapped in a boy's body, yeah. and and it was hard for them. And like we had to have locks on our doors all the time because mm. he would escape, and and yet they persevered in a really honorable mm. way. And I saw that, and so as we were going through our stuff and. 
and it's just getting more atrocious as the years go by. Yeah. The, you know, they just were really encouraging to keep moving forward, to keep trusting God, to keep, you know, we'll figure it out and learn as we go. And I don't know of anyone else who could have sympathized with us as far as the chronicness and the and the amount of loss. Yeah. So it was really neat that they were able that yeah. you know they were able to do that for us because it was a huge blessing. Yeah. So here here's a huge softball slow pitch question. So is this <laughs> what propelled you to start your podcast? Yeah, basically, um we you know being our our region, we didn't have a lot of resources, but you get on on the web you do the YouTube, you, you know, you start looking for places and there's just not a lot of resources. Podcasting has, I, I'm dyslexic. So I do, I'm an auditory learner. And I, so I, I always read my books through audible and, and podcast is a natural fit. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that happened for Sarah is uh, she definitely just dis- developed uh, uh, her dyslexia. I don't, we're not sure if it was always there or her ADD was always there, but um because of the neurological damage, it was getting harder for her to read and the audio seemed to be a better fit for her. So as far as a venue goes, that was the place to do. But now the to do it in, it just fit. I mean, audio seems like a great way. <laughs> and, and we can be in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, but you can blog in your pajamas too. Right. But it's... But, yeah, that's true. But the you know, audio, I'm attracted to the audio too. I have to admit, I don't. Yeah. I think as a as a young boy, I would listen to the radio, AM radio, late at night, and uh, a lot of it was Maryland basketball and <laughs> uh, what else was played. I don't know, some jazz and some other stuff. But it just, I loved being listening. It was like being open to an entire different world there. Yeah. You know, with the audio reading. And I read a lot too. And reading does other things with your brain, but the auto, this have a special love for it. Yeah. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. And we're total podcast junkies now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you listening to podcast wise? Um, I'm going to call you out. It's like, okay, podcast well, junkies, prove it. Yeah. Lime Ninja is subscribed to. That for is sure. the right answer. <laughs> Um, I I do like other than that crazy McKay Rippey who else do you listen to (laughs) what's Aurora that's what yeah of course well she's the brains (laughs) of the operation (laughs) I do enjoy her commentary by the way it's awesome (laughs) I'll I'll tell her that she'll enjoy that Uh, Pat Flynn is is always been a great one Uh, and what's uh, the name of that podcast Pat Flynn smart passive income yeah I'm not familiar with that one okay great and uh, Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas is yeah. is a cool one that has been very encouraging. Um, a lot of tools, you know, even for this business, it's a great resource for different tools to, to do this. And One of the things that we're working on as a household is um, to generate more passive income because, yeah. you know, over these last few years, just the more money we needed because of medical stuff, the less we had because neither... I couldn't work at all, right. but then I was just costing us such a phenomenal amount of money every yeah. month. And, um, and you know, we don't know what the future is going to hold for us or for me, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing everything we know to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know for sure, at least one of our kids is positive. And mm-hmm. so, yep. you know, when you start to really grasp that, like, okay, Okay, you have a family of seven and you have a lot of medical issues and you have a lot of nutritional needs like, okay, you know, we try to buy organic now and we didn't Mm -hmm. used to. It just puts things in a different light to where we are really focusing to do more and more passive income uh, projects. Yeah. Yeah, it's just we're also hoping to be able to pass that along as we find different tools that work for us. So that other families like us can, you know, see maybe there is some internet opportunities to earn a few extra dollars. You know, maybe they're not going to become millionaires, but, uh, you know, an extra 200 bucks a month sure could go a long way. Right. Yeah, we just. Pays for your supplements or pays for. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We just see Lyme just really bankrupting so many families. It it totally does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is. I know that's, I'm, that's been one of the things we're wrestling with is like, how do we, 
how do we, you know, put thing, put all the pieces back together and start rebuilding your lives in, in essence, but then also how do we help those around us who are now in the same position? Cause mm-hmm. one of the things we just see is you can't in today's economy with inflation and different factors, you can't have a large family and a blue collar income and health issues. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it, it seems to it just doesn't the numbers don't add up and unless you qualify for disability right away or something um which Lyme is difficult to qualify for some people and for us it's well, been it a doesn't real exist, sore, so how yeah. can you qualify for anything right right yeah so yeah. yeah we're really trying to figure out like okay how do we how do we help all those people who are now in the same position and you're not just facing a little bit of medical bills you're facing a lifetime of increased yeah i quickly realized that it wasn't an extra shift at my job that was going to get us through this <laughs> i mean it was that's not going to do it so and especially when you know i'm needed at home to help to help more right right that's the big deal you're stuck you're in a vortex of of I mean, it's horrible. It just keeps sucking you down. You need more money, but you can't work. If you go and work, your wife gets more sick and your kid, your house is even more worse. And I mean, it was so bad there for a while. We, our, our housekeepers quit on us. Yeah, they quit. <laughs> too much work or too depressing or both. Like they couldn't, they were having to spend so much time picking up because mm. we, I could no longer do hardly anything mm. that they could not clean and that just wasn't what they do it's hard yeah. to find people who will pick up for you right. there's lots of people who it's clean called not- mom right right it yeah. is yeah. yeah it really is yeah a nurse yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah we couldn't afford it any longer anyway but <laughs> well since, since we're talking inside baseball a little bit i'll have to say i have not I'm, i have this conversation with aurora from time to time we haven't figured out how yet to make money with this project um, mm. And it's still an ongoing conversation about, you know, what's what does the community need? Because I, I truly believe that making money, if you provide something of value for people, they'll pay for right. it and they'll pay for it right. gladly. You know, so Correct. it's not about tricking people or swindling people or, you know, preying on people who are desperate. If you provide something of real value, people will pay for it, be happy to pay for it and tell their friends about it to boot. So, right. you know, the trick is to find out, you know, what, you know, what does this community need what does you know what is it hungry yeah. for and what's what's going to help people and that's you know th- there's the the one end where you have the the eyelads doctors you know mm-hmm. who are providing a service and essentially i mean really when it comes down to it they're providing antibiotics yeah you know whether it's iv antibiotics or a circuit of antibiotics or you know adding in some antivirals or whatever but they're providing prescription med prescriptions that you can't get from your doc because lyme doesn't exist Right. Right. So they're willing to put their license on the line and in, change, in exchange, you know, you pay them good money and they're, and they're doing good work. But there's, you know, there's got it. There's, there's other stuff out there. You know, yeah. there's, there's inform, whether it's information or whether it's herbal supplements or whether it's, you know, there's, there's lots of good out there. And there are people out there making great supplements and, you know, have good information products and detox things and, so forth and so on. But it's like, what, you know, what, what does this community need? So if you're listening out there and you have ideas for either of us, <laughs> yeah. right. please yeah. email them in and we'll consider them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I mean, that's one of the other reasons that is we do want to help people. Right. And we figured this is a great platform where we can get out there and find out what people need to help. And maybe with a collection of voices, we can come up with a, some sort of solution for well, before I get in, it does cost a little bit of money to produce a podcast. It does. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not it's not an arm and a leg, but, there's, you know, it's 15 bucks here and 15 bucks there and 20 bucks there. And it, it adds up from month to month. Yeah. Yeah. Not that yeah. I'm complaining, people. <laughs> yeah, we're constantly trying to figure that out. We've got some Amazon affiliate stuff up. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. Have, you yeah. made, have you made any money yet? We made a few dollars. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. That's great. A few bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't actually pro- made any profit yet, but we're really hoping to get advertisers. And, oh, okay. And we're really looking at this as really a long-term thing mm-hmm. because 
I really think we're just on the tip of the whole Lyme tsunami that is coming or is already here. Yeah. So that's that's interesting comment. Why? (laughs) Well, because my whole life has been a series of being on the bleeding edge of something. Oh yeah. You said that. (laughs) And then getting bored and moving on. So it's, you know, I just, my Aurora, who's my, my daughter, and and the producer of the show says you can't get upset or you can't get happy about the stats or upset about the stats or anything until you've been doing this for two years. And then uh-huh. we can have a conversation about whether or not you've been su- successful or not. So sit down, send your emails <laughs> out, do your, do your interviews and produce the podcast, you know, get the podcast out there. And I say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> So you signed up for at least two years. In huh? two years, right? It hasn't been a year yet. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's you know it's it's a uh, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting project, and I think you know people are responding. You know, you get emails from time to mm-hmm. time, and you know some of it's criticism, and it's useful criticism, and some of it's people saying you know way to go, and yeah. you know, it's, it's 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 good to it's good to hear from people who are listening. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It's been so fun for us. Just to start, because really the reason I wanted to do it, I didn't know what platform we would do it in, but I knew I would, we would talk and share our story and hopefully really trying to ease other people, those years of suffering. Cause I really had this like four to five year window that I just languished in. Mm -hmm. And so it cost us so much money and it took so much more resources to get out of that, that that's really what I wanted to do. And I kind of was thinking maybe a book or something, but the podcast really was Aaron's idea. And I think it's a great format because people who can't read a book can listen to it. And then also, you know, you're only in the Lyme world for a few minutes before you realize like, oh man, I kind of got to figure this out on my own (laughs) or I got to assemble a team to figure this out. Like there's not this cookie cutter answer towards a path of healing. And so the amount of resources you have, the amount of help you have that affects everybody's path towards healing. Yeah. I was just with a patient this uh, evening before I came home and she has Lyme. And it's, let's call it in remission, right? She's been tested positive. She's been tested negative. You know, she's passed it on to her son who's been positive Mm. and negative and he's doing okay. And she kind of, she got her diet cleaned up. She figured things out and things, you know, were going really, really well. And she went, there were a couple kind of like little nagging issues. She was starting to get these little infectious kind of bumps on her fingers so mm-hmm. she went out, she went out to a Lyme literate doctor uh, a couple hours away and, you know, th- th- they did 26 blood tests, you know, they, all the stuff that I can't do as an acupuncturist here in New York state, they did all these blood tests. They put her on some herbal supplements and I'm, you know, I know some about herbs, but I'm not an herbalist by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, it's like, okay, this all stuff sounds reasonable, but the herbs, I think so. She came anyway. The short story: she comes in today, and she's saying, "You know, I'm feeling miserable again. What's happened?" You know, mm-hmm. and she she tells some stories about, okay, she did this and this, and like, well, you know, you were not helping yourself doing that. You're not helping yourself doing that. You need to sleep a little bit better, so forth and so on. And so things are piling up. But in in going through her story, she got the. I think she got the wrong herbs. I think there's an mm-hmm. herb in her mixture, you know, so a, a Chinese herbalist who's really well-versed will customize a blend for the person and right. take a look at the person and says, you know, here's the, here's the traditional formula, but this one particular herb isn't right for you. So we're going to leave that out and replace it with something else. And when you're doing kind of the standardized herbs that some of these Western doctors do, it's like, they're just, you know, they're just picking one off the shelf and it works for 80% of the people. I was thinking she was one of the 20 percent people. So we'll find out what happens with her. But, you know, it's, it is so tough because here's, you know, she's going to a Lyme literate doctor. She's getting this great care. She's putting her trust completely in them. And she comes home with an herb that I think really set her back, you know, and, and granted, I think it's just temporary. I think once she gets off this and that's, we're going to try it as an experiment. So she's off the herbs for the next couple of days. I think she's going to get better within like three or four days. 
because I think it's really the herb that's a problem and not really a Lyme relapse. Mm. But yeah. We, we'll see what's happened. But it's, like you said, it's so complicated. It is. It's so complicated. And here's somebody who knows what they're doing and, you know, may may have made things worse inadvertently. So it's, you know, you 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 have to be your own physician. You know, you have to pay attention. And if you're, the problem is like, Sarah, you were so sick. Yeah. Like, you don't have the energy to do that. I know. You know. It's all you can do, like you said, you get up and get some water and take your pills. So you need somebody in your life who's kind of looking after you saying, well, you know, ever since you started taking, you know, whatever it is, vitamin C, you know, whatever it is, you know, things haven't been quite the same and not in a good way. So let's maybe you should lay off that for a week and see what happens or go back and yeah. talk to your doctor. And it is, it's brutally, it's brutally difficult. And I don't know how these people are on their own, even even manage it all. You know, I've talked to some of these people and I'm sure you have too. And it's just so inspiring that they somehow fight through this. That's all. I was, I was on my soapbox and ranting and raving. So. No, it was good. Now, just, yeah, the other lost, thing, lost so let's wrap up and I want to leave you, here's, I want to tell you one last story about car accidents. Um, in Chinese medicine, okay. particularly in five element acupuncture, there's this, we have this condition called being possessed. <laughs> And you can be possessed by an inside, so but you can be possessed by your own emotions or an emotional reaction to something, or you know being abused over the years, um, or kind of giving your your soul away to somebody who's brainwashing you, right? Or you can be possessed from the outside, from you know from an infection like Lyme disease, or falling through the ice and being stunned by cold or by too much heat, um, so. I had this patient once who came in after a car accident. This is why I ask you if you're a type A personality. And it was a fender bender. It wasn't even a major accident, but she was a perfectionist. She had graduated high school in three years. She graduated college in three years with two degrees and was going on to graduate school and has this fender yeah. bender in her mom's car. And it's when she presented to me, it was like, oh, you have some minor aches and pains. Great. Let's, we'll, you know, loosen up your muscles, balance your muscles and your meridians. You'll be fine. And she didn't get better. And I started exploring, well, what was your reaction? Tell me about this accident. And she said, yeah, it freaked me out. Right. Right. It, and it freaked her out to the point where she, she you know, she said, well, you know, it's also interesting. I used to keep this journal. I have this handwritten journal that I've been doing since I was 12. And my hand, after the accident, my handwriting started deteriorating. And it got to the point where I couldn't even read my own handwriting. It's like, wow, wow. this is more than just sore muscles going on here. You know, this this accident got deep, deep within her. So we did this, we did this tra tra uh, traditional treatment for, for depossessing somebody. You know, it sounds demonic and all this, you know, uh, yeah. crazy. Like It's not. It's just about she lost control. She right. had such a strong reaction. She lost control of herself yeah. to the, to yeah. this, to this emotional reaction to the accident and couldn't, couldn't resolve it within herself. So we did this treatment, um, which ended up being probably six, nine months after the accident. And she came back a couple of years later and said, you know, that treatment turned the corner. You know, hmm. things, things started to get better. And, uh, I think Lyme Lyme disease is a possession too. Lyme disease is one of these things too. And every Lyme person who comes in, I do one of these possession treatments because it does take control of your person over your oh, energy, yeah. right? And oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's and it's you know even though you may get your physical part back, there's that psychic. You know, I'm not talking woo woo, but it's like, you know, trusting yourself again and just feeling in control of your life again. It's, it's not quite there. And somehow this acupuncture treatment, you know, separates the event from who you are. It's kind of like, okay, I can deal with this. You know, it's, we, you stop, you know, you stop fighting or stop, uh, conceding control to, to mm -hmm. this outside influence and, and somehow are able to get back on the horse, so to speak, your own horse your own, right. your own self, and you're able to ride your own horse again. It's like, okay, that's, I, I feel, and people after this treatment say, you know, I feel like myself again. I feel like I'm back in my body. I feel like I'm, you know, back in control in some way that, that wasn't there before. So just hmm. hear, hearing your car accident story reminded me of that because there's the physical part of it, which you went through, but then there's that right. whole other level. It's like, oh man, that just sounds like this other patient I had.
Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's really interesting. Um, is So is that similar to like um, emotion coding? Am I talking about that right? Like, Man, I, I don't know emotion coding, so I can't tell you. It's this treatment is I don't even know how many years old it is. It could be 50 years old. You know, J.R. Worsley kind of put this treatment together and he went over into Hong Kong and Taiwan and got these. Uh, you know, these, some of these treatments from, from, uh, families of acupuncturists, it could be thousands of years old. Um, hmm. but it's the, the treatment is called you release the dragons to devour the demons. So hmm. it's, it's ancient language. So I, th- I think yeah. it's been around for a long time. I really don't have the details on how long it's been around, but it's not, it's not, it's not emotional coding. It's okay. um, like I've had, so, you know, that's an example. So this woman, this young woman had uh, what we would call an internal possession. I've had, right. people, I've had an Iraq war vet who was a pilot sitting on the runway in Iraq in 140 degree temperature. And he presented to me with like facial neurological pains, right? He just had this leftover pain that just, he couldn't get rid of. He wow. was possessed by the heat. You know, so we mm. did an external possession for him and that helped that clear up. You know, I've had people fall through the ice and so that's an external position. Obviously the Lyme disease is an ex- external possession, you know, as okay. opposed to people have emotional shocks and that's, you know, that's more of the internal possession. So, you know, it sounds like, again, like horror movie kind of stuff, but it's really not. It's just about your body. You're no longer in control of your own self. It's like your energy has been taken over the control of your energy. You've lost. Yeah, it. it, it is. That's exactly I, how it has been for me. And um, I've been healing these last two years. I'm about to be home for two years. And I went out to treatment at Shea Medical out in Scottsdale. And they told me it would take at least two years to get back at about 80%. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm on track with, with that to some extent. Um, yeah. But what really I've been dealing with the last two years is like learning how to hear my own voice again, like to talk to myself and be like, hey, what do I want to do today? What do I think about? Because my entire being was just trying to put to silence the pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a parent, you have to kind of do that. You're like, okay, yes, I'm living in chronic pain, but when the years start turning into even more years, you have to decide like, oh, well, I still want my kids to have a birthday party. Right. And, and therefore I'm not going to talk about my pain for this day or, you know, for these few hours. And so, but yet internally your brain is just screaming, right. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. And that's been a big transition for me just to kind of hear my own voice again. Yeah. Because it wasn't finally, it wasn't being controlled by the need for the pain yeah. to be relieved. Right, like right, the pain's no longer in control. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. All right. So, in wrapping up, I'll give you. Even though you had the last word there, I'll give you another chance to anything else you want to let people know about your podcast. Yeah. So let's do the basics of the podcast. It's like, what's your website? Are you on iTunes? Obviously, you are, but just. Tell us the name of the podcast and so forth and so on. Sure. Um, the podcast is named Lime Voice. Uh, it can be found at limevoice.com. We do have a Facebook page. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of on the beginning parts of our journey, so some of it is a little rough around the edges, but we're working hard on getting it, it there. So we'd love to hear any suggestions, uh, of course. Yeah, and we're on Twitter at Lime Voice. Mm-hmm. And, and then – Facebook, Aaron Sanchez and Sarah Slickty Sanchez. Um, you can find us on Facebook if people have questions or yeah. anything. Yeah, we're we're really excited. I feel like we had to do so much work to get it launched that now we're actually starting to have the fun parts of doing all the <laughs> interviews. Yeah. And so I, it's been really, really fun. I mean, we're scrambling. We're working our tails off to get you know, one podcast produced and up every two weeks, but we're having this just a ton of fun. Babe, I've been doing it once a week. Since We've been launching once a week. Yes. No wonder this is stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out why we, 
oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> you know, one of the things about having your brain be scrambled is that you can only focus on so many things at a time. That's true. So there are weeks that I focus on one aspect and the others get lost and that's just kind of the way it is. <laughs> so I, I attend two Lyme support groups. Um, one I just started in New Hartford, New York, so I'm plugging these. And the other is in Chittenango, New York, which is about an hour away. And uh, I tell you what, the, the, every meeting where, where people just have a, a blank pause mm. and there'll be everybody in the room says, Lime brain. Right. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's that neurological, there just, there just seem to be neuro, uh, neurological gaps, you know. Oh, there it are. It just and happens. I actually quit a job I had had that I could just work from home through um, an adoption agency here. I ran a support group in my region and I loved it. And I was, so over these last two years, they were super gracious. They let me work whenever I wanted. And I was making so many mistakes on the reports, just simple things that mm -hmm. you should be able to know. And I kept losing my receipts and I actually resigned a few months ago and I told Aaron, I'm just, I'm just different. I'm not the same. Um, I, I can't cope with things at the same speed things. Um, but it, it's difficult to be in that place where you know that at one point you could spell and, and now you really struggle and simple things that I used to be able to see or see how to correct it. The thing that has changed for me is I can't really see the mistakes or I can't figure out how to correct them. So it feels more dyslexic like to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not in pain. So I yeah. am not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> the next layer of healing, right? Yeah, yeah for All sure. Right. Well, thank you both so much. You've been very, very generous with your time, especially knowing that uh, there are five children in the background somewhere. There. <laughs> and uh, it's just so great to get to know you a little bit. I really look forward to connecting with you when you're here on the East Coast. Yeah, awesome. we'll keep in touch. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Have a great evening. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. You know, one of the things that I think is really cool that they've decided to uh, focus on in their own podcast is this kind of social and social and emotional kind of support groups kind of thing, which has popped up and often enough to be a theme amongst, amongst our own episodes, but it's really cool that they're going to be focusing on it, uh, it seems, uh, almost exclusively. Yes, the whole, well, it came up last episode with Alex Meyer mm -hmm. quite a bit, uh, how Lyme disease, or really any chronic disease, affects a relationship. Yeah. And... You know, it, Lyme disease is not the first chronic disease to cause problems within relationship, but it really changes the power structure of the relationship. It changes the intimacy of the relationship. Um, it can be really tough for loved ones who are close by just to deal with somebody day in, day out who's not healthy. And then you have the added layer with Lyme disease is somebody can look completely healthy and feel completely miserable. So on the outside, they look like a perfect supermodel. On the inside, they feel like a complete invalid. So it is a real, real critical issue in the Lyme community and one that needs to be dealt with up front. Yeah. And I think when those uh, the relationships get severed within the family and friends, you know, sometimes that's when people start feeling like this is the end and then they start looking to suicide as a example. So, you know, that's the dark side of Lyme disease that isn't brought to the surface very often, but it's right there all the time. Mm -hmm. And, well, family and kind of community support and things like that is one of those things where you don't pay attention to it until you really need it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and having all that support, it doesn't guarantee that somebody won't want to kill themselves or successfully take their own life, but at least there's a network around supporting there um, to, to help work through those issues and, and see if that's something that uh, can't be resolved before it uh, ends so tragically. Yep. If you need more Lime Ninja in your life, Aurora, what should you do? Visit our website, LimeNinjaRadio.com. You can find all 40 episodes there. Also on that website, you can sign up for our mailing list. 
our insider list and pick up the Lime Ninja Radio Brain Fog Protocol as our thank you. But wait, that's not all. There's more? Yeah. Lime Ninja Radio is also on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, be sure to like us on Facebook when you're over there. We're up over 1,000 likes, and we would sure like to hit 2,000. Woohoo. All right. On to the next goal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, onward and upward. Yes, indeed. And lastly, Aurora, what's the Lime Ninja fact of the day? Did you know when a ninja looks into a mirror, there is no reflection? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.